DJ and PK brought to you by Homie. Finally, the way real estate should be. Full service, local agents, and you'll save thousands. Homie, a better way to sell. Question of the day. Are there really quarterback competitions at Utah and BYU, or do the coaches know who the starters are? Scott says, I think behind closed doors, they're almost nearly positive who's going to win it most of the time. But by not stating it outright, it pushes players to up their game and creates a healthy competition and development. Scott thinks they know. Well, almost nearly positive. That That's a definitive, sort of an oxymoron in a sense, but almost nearly positive. Uh, but that's a strong evaluation of that. Are, are, are they to that level almost nearly positive? I mean, that doesn't leave a whole lot of room for wiggle room. Brian says, I think the coaches have a pretty good idea going in, but occasionally someone surprises them with their performance in camp. I think Brian's on to something. See, I think, too, it is also not just this, not just spring, or excuse me, not just training camp in August, but they've got reports on the summer, Mm -hmm. and they also have the prior spring in Mm -hmm. most cases. I mean, the one time, you know, last year they didn't have it, but this most recent spring there was a spring practice. So, and everything is filmed. If you've ever been to a college practice, they're filmed from at least three, if not four, up in the up in the sky, where they go up there and and film everything. So there's always a camera in the end zone behind the goalposts. Yeah. There is yeah. always a camera along the sideline where coaches would be sitting in a press box. Always. Yeah, yeah. And there's at least three, uh, if not four. Uh, and so they've got film on literally everything. Every single practice is filmed, and it's reviewed uh, ad nauseum. So they've got so much data. Now, it's not real game data, but it is data that they use to a large degree on how they make these decisions. A guy who's been on both ends of this debate, once as a player and then again later as a coach multiple times, Robbie Bosco joins us now, BYU's national championship quarterback. And now, Robbie, have you got a new title? No. Oh, really? (laughs) I mean, it's been the same title for like the last 17 years. Okay, so fine. Been, it's, yeah, it's all the same. They they made people call me different things all the time anyway, so that's probably <laughs> what it is. Okay. So you're now doing uh, development work. So you're not yeah. in the coaches' meetings. You're not in the grind. So now you can come clean. When there's a quarterback <laughs> battle, how much do yeah. coaches know? And how much is it is is it coach speak, like we're going to make these guys compete and make them get better? Or how much of it is, hey, we pretty much know, but I'm not going to gift this thing to you, even though I'm pretty sure how it's going to turn out. we got to see if you can really up your game, and, and occasionally kids do and throw you a curveball. Or if you just really fall apart, you start throwing picks all over the place. I don't want to start you. I'll start the other guy. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. I, I, I really believe that going into these situations – Everybody has an idea, at least coaches, of what they want to do, what they would like to see happen. And but it's really good to keep that competitive that competitiveness flowing and kind of open it up and, and see what can happen because you just never know what happens during the summer 
uh, who's working the, who's been working the hardest and who's, who's made a big jump of, of maybe something that they didn't see before. Um, but I, I really believe there's always kind of a game plan going in and coaches just like to wait almost to the last minute a lot of times before they make an announcement. But, um, it'll be interesting. I think at BYU, I think they have three guys that are going to be very competitive. Uh, two of them have had some quality playing time, and uh, we'll just see what happens. So at Utah, they've got two guys, BYU's three. From a coaching perspective, what's the difference there and how you handle it? Well, I think when you have two, you're you're a little closer to making that decision on who you want that quarterback to be. And so um, I think it might be a little – it's a little, probably a little tougher with three guys. You know, they're all fairly close in age. And so you want to – you got to figure out things on how to make everybody happy. Even with, even with Utah, if they have two guys up there, you do not want someone to say, well, I'm – you know, I'm not going to play here. I want to leave. Because that's kind of what it's coming down to these days is everybody wants to play and nobody's really patient. And um, so that makes it a tough situation as well. But I think both teams are probably in pretty good situations with, with what they have and feel pretty good about it. A long time ago, when you were coaching, I heard a story about Ryan Hancock, and he came in third in a quarterback derby. And the other two guys were better. But the other two guys got hurt, and he had to go in at Hawaii. And I think the coaches, Lavelle and Norm, and possibly yourself, had pretty low expectations, and then he was great. And I heard a story about they got on the plane for the flight back, and the, and the players were going down the aisle, and, and the coaches were already seeding. And, and uh, <laughs> Norm, I think, looked over at Lavelle and said, Do you see that coming? And Lavelle, without even looking up, went, Nope. And then he went back to practice, and Ryan was bouncing balls at guys' ankles and throwing them five feet over their heads at practice the next week. And they were like, well, it was just a one-off for whatever reason. He had the game of his life. But then he went out there on Saturday, and he was money again. And he actually played really well until he got his, uh, he hurt his knee against the Utes. How often are there these guys who you can't judge in practice? They need the adrenaline of getting chased. And especially with these quarterbacks who are more mobile, and you don't want to get them hit in practice, you can't really see what they do until you put them in a game. Yeah, the, the one thing that's benefited that is the NCAA doesn't allow really two-a-days anymore. I mean, you don't practice as hard as you used to. You don't scrimmage as much as you used to. So that's kind of a benefit for hopefully hopefully keeping most everybody safe. But going back to the Ryan Hancock thing, it was funny. He would, even in games, he would throw five of the wildest balls, and then all of a sudden he would throw this beautiful – 70-yard, in the air, perfect pass, and we're like, okay, <laughs> we're going to give this guy a chance. But the same thing happened with Brandon Dolman. Brandon Dolman, he, he just, he wasn't a great practice player. And this is early on in his career, so it was difficult to really play him because you kind of think that it's going to transgress over to the game. And then you got him in a game, and he was just a different guy. And he was he was the guy. And we really missed, probably missed out on a solid year of being able to play that guy. And so, yeah, I mean, it, the, the 
the trouble with practice, you're always trying to protect, protect, protect. And a lot of these guys, they want, they need to be tackled. They want the whistle to be blown because they're going to make plays out of nothing. And there's always a lot of frustration in practices because if you have referees, the whistle's blown early, and that's what you want to happen. But um, in games, a lot of times that defensive player can't make that play against the quarterback. So it's, it's, a, it's a tough thing to juggle right there. So how does that work for Conover? Because you already spoke to how – Hall and uh, Romney have decent experience, real experience in real games, not just mop-up duty, but actual games in which it counted and starting, by both started games. But Conover comes in with a big rep at a high school down there in the Phoenix area from a Chandler, which is a football powerhouse, but many guys into the NFL plays at a very high level. But yet he doesn't have any college experience. How can you evaluate that? Well, they're very well aware of Jacob's talent and his skill. And so he's he's going to be right in the mix of it. And so, yeah, you can look at the, – the thing is, nobody's really had a full season with those other guys. They've had some playing experience, which is great, but they don't have – they haven't played like a full year where, like, this guy is our guy. So he's going to be right in the mix of it, and he's going to be uh, – He's going to have a great chance to uh, to play and and see what he can do. So I'm curious how often, and you can't really get this out of coaches. Uh, maybe, maybe you can, but you got to be really careful. It's got to be private and off to the side, and even then you may not get it. But you can tell the truth now. How often did you pick the guy who wasn't the better guy, but he had more upside, and you're like, we're going to take some lumps, and the coach – or the coaches are willing to lose some games, which can always be dangerous for employment. But they think there's upside down the road, so they'll pay you know short-term pain, long-term game. How often will you pick the guy who lost because he's got more upside? Um, you know that's kind of it's just a tough it's just a tough situation. I, I think, I mean, what you think someone has upside is kind of your opinion, and. Uh, so that, that still kind of makes it a tough situation. So I think when it's when it's a true battle and you want to see, you know, what's going to happen, who's who's going to make the difference, who's going to move the chains, and and that's the biggest thing. Uh, the the one thing I really like about Romney is that he does those things. I mean, he. I don't know. I really don't know if he has the strongest arm of everybody or the, the best release or anything like that. But I do know that he gets rid of the ball and he makes things happen. He's not always throwing the ball downfield, but he's done a great job when he's gone in there. And so it's still a tough little situation to do. Sometimes it's getting guys into games and seeing what they can do in, in, in games that, that can make a difference. But you, you, you kind of go back and forth. I, I would say it's probably a 50-50 thing, the upside to the talent to, you know, what you feel. So interestingly, from Utah and BYU's perspective, the head coaches are coming from the defensive orientation, and their coordinators, Ludwig and A-Rod, have been doing this for a good long while. When it comes time to make a decision – who I mean, I realize the head coach is the bottom line, but how much is he taking the percentage of influence 
from those veteran coordinators since he's basically coming from the defensive perspective? Yeah, these coordinators, they, they've seen – they're with them every day. They're with, they're with them in practice, with them in films. And, and, and the head coaches have to give them a little leeway on, on, on the decisions they make. And um, I, would, I would say most of them, uh, if not all, will, will give that leeway to the, the coordinators. The quarterback coaches will – if they're not the coordinator, the quarterback coaches will have some say. And, and that's what they talk about a lot in these meetings, in the offensive staff meetings. And even they'll, they'll sometimes get some feedback from the defensive side on who's the toughest to defend, who gives you a little bit more trouble. And so there's nothing wrong with getting that those uh, help from other people. But the bottom line is, like you said, I think the coordinators will make the big decisions, and then the head coaches obviously will be like, yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's go with it. Going back to your playing days and then your coaching days, and I heard stories about you telling guys, ha, I went undefeated and got booed. Don't think you're special. Of course you're getting booed. <laughs> have, fans, have fans lightened up in the stadium a little bit? Have expectations dropped a little for BYU quarterbacks? Is most of that happening on social media now? Or is it still as crazy in the stadium on game day as it was when you played and when you coached? I think it's still crazy. I mean, social media obviously has taken a lot away from all that kind of stuff. But everybody uh, wants a voice, and they want to win, and they want to see great play. They still want to see the 500 yards a game passing, the four touchdown passes. And that just doesn't happen that much anymore. And so, but it makes it fun. We have passionate fans, and, you know, we just got to – they, they, the players just can't worry too much about that. They've got to do their thing and, uh, and do the best they can. I remember you once told me, Rob, you said that when you got to college, you didn't even think about playing for a couple of years. And you <laughs> knew you were going to be, they even had some JV ball, I think, back in your day, and you were going to do that. And then after two years, you could think about competing for the job. And obviously it's a whole lot different story, not just here, at your level, at the collegiate level, but at the NFL level, which brings me to Zach Wilson, a guy you know very well and have seen play. So he's the second pick. Used to be those guys sat, but those high picks, they don't sit anymore. So with that in mind, what do you think he's facing with the Jets as it looks like presumably he's going to be the starter from day one? Yeah, well, first of all, um, Zach is Zach is going to be an exceptional NFL quarterback. I mean, he's really, really good. And you know, when you look at when you look at what he can do, it's not about like what he did during the season, although that's part of it. But they really vet these quarterbacks, especially if you're going to be top, taken in the top five. And the things that Zach can do are really special. Now, with that said, he's going to a team that hasn't been been very productive in the last 10, maybe 15 years. I don't know. And so it's um, he's not going into an easy situation. But I think from what I hear, they're, <laughs> at least they say they're going to be very patient and 
not really think too much about this year and hopefully look into the future, like in the like the year after, which really isn't a lot. But it's going to be it's going to be tough. It's going to be a uh, a learning experience, and you just hope that they can give him enough protection to where he can do some things. But regardless of who you are, what you're doing, a rookie quarterback put into a situation to try to lead an NFL team to the playoffs, Super Bowl, what have you, it's very, very difficult. And uh, it's not going to be easy, but, you know, I, I think Zach is uh, Zach's a very studious guy and, and, and knows what he's doing, so I think he, he's going to be okay. All right, before we let you go, Robbie, because I've known you a long time and I like you, <laughs> if you want to walk back that exceptional comment, I'm going to let you do it. But you know how no. the media is. You no. feed us exceptional. How are we not going to replay that a million times? Because that was an exceptional comment. That's why. <laughs> Don't walk it back. Up your game. Go, I'm going rookie of the year, Bosco. I'm up in it. That's where I'm at. Look at it. He could be. I mean, what, what's it? how many games did the Jets win last year? Two? Two, Two I think, yeah. <laughs> now they get to okay. play his 17th game. He gets an extra chance. So if he okay, gets him to like, three, to like win five or six games, I mean that's pretty good. You'd want you'd want to put your money in something to get that much of uh, that much of a payback, you know, from your uh, from that. So I mean, he, look at he he's going to be. I think he's going to do very well. I have no regret, no uh, no reason to think that he's going to. He's not going to be a flop. I don't think. I mean, the guy's a very talented quarterback. And I think he's going to do very well as an NFL quarterback. It's just the time. Look at Steve Young. Steve Young went to Tampa Bay. Similar situation. Tampa Bay wasn't very good. And Steve wasn't very good for a few years, whatever it was. He went to the 49ers, played behind Montana for, what, six, seven, eight years? (laughs) Came in, and he was a great player. So it just makes a difference when you're not rushed into to doing something. So you but, want you want Steve to donate because that's your day gig now, so you didn't even bring up the USFL time. You just blew right through that. Steve doesn't want you right to mention that. Yeah, he doesn't want you to mention the LA Express. He's an NFL Hall of Famer. Come on. <laughs> yeah, really, man. What more do you want? That's right. Well, he caught that throwback against Missouri in 83, and he didn't start in San Francisco until 92. So to your yeah. point, it was a process, a long one. But it paid it, off. It's a process. I mean, I don't care how talented you are, how good you are. It is a process in that at that level. Man, these guys are no joke. These guys are nuts. And um, you're just not you know, you're not going to go to Los Angeles somewhere. I can't know. I can't remember. To, 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 I don't know if won a Super Bowl. I'm sure I'm not going to Brady, but I can't remember <laughs> if that happened or not. Robbie, you're, bra- you're breaking up, Robbie. We're only catching a little bit of you here in this. Oh, sorry about that. I'm at the golf course right now. I got a tournament I'm playing. <laughs> you know, we actually, when we were deciding whether to book you, that was the one thing we worried. Like, ah, oh, he might be golfing on a Friday morning in the summer. There's a pretty good chance. Well, that's why I did the 731 because we tee off. There you go. All right. Well, we'll let you go, Robbie. We appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. All right, thanks, guys. All right. Robbie Bosco, former BYU quarterback, exceptional, PK. Exceptional. Exceptional.
I'm glad he's converted like myself. You, <laughs> man, you are a doubting DJ. I have doubted the Jets' ability to put a team around him since the second we found out it was going to be the Jets. I am, oh, I am just looking forward to him for the next, what, 12 to 15 years. I think he's going to be really good. In all sincerity, I do. I think he's got it. I think he's got the moxie. He's an understated kid with a million-dollar smile and a baby face, and his mother does all the talking, but I think this kid is going to be really good. I could be wrong, but that's what I think. It's just that it's a team game, and you got to have the team around you, and I think Steve Young, if he were here, would say, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad I ended up in San Francisco. I had a lot of really good players around me. And you just you can't do your thing by yourself in football. You know, Joe Burrow, I think, is really talented. But he didn't line in front of him, and he got crushed. And he couldn't show what he can do. He's still talented. Judge, I still I, believe I he it. He did show what he can do. I'm not judging it on a rookie season. I'm judging it, as I said. Uh, over the arc of a career. T- t- 12 yeah. to 15 years. Well, it's going to be a long time before this book's written. We're, we're, uh, <laughs> we're going to laugh about it forever. The throw. But seriously, when you can do that, and I get it's overplayed, and we've seen it five million times, and it's fun Second to Second greatest about. play in BYU athletics history. Right behind Ainge. Ainge. Yeah, Ainge. <laughs> Are we going to call it a play even, though? <laughs> but it's yes, still. I'm calling it a play. It's still I've re- only seen it 5,000 times, so it's a play. It's remarkable that he could do that. I mean, there, it takes a lot of talent to do that. And I don't care that he practiced and there wasn't defense. That's still hard to do. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Uh, more quarterback talk this morning. Dustin Smith, quarterback elite co-founder and coach now at Spanish Fork High School. He's going to join us coming up at 8.30, and we'll talk quarterback battles with him. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.